0: You're listening to the Hui Kala Baptist Church Podcast coming to you from the heart of Honolulu. Hui Kala is a committed family of faith that loves Jesus and loves one another. Grab your Bible and prepare for preaching from the Word of God from Pastor Anthony King. Grab your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 16 if you would here today. Uh, we're taking a break from our Live Together series for the next two weeks, uh, and we'll jump back into it to our week after Open House. But today we're taking a look at Matthew chapter number 16. Uh, and the question today is, who is Jesus? Matthew chapter 16. We'll start in verse number 13 today. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13, when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So Jesus says, Hey guys, who do people say that I am? Who do people who do people think that I am? And some people say, Well, you're John the Baptist. And John the Baptist had been beheaded, and they thought maybe he was the ghost of John the Baptist. Elijah and and Jeremiah were both Old Testament prophets that had long died, hundreds of years earlier. And people had thought that maybe Jesus was the incarnation of these men. They come come back from the dead. Verse number 15, Jesus answers the all-important question that you and I must answer ourselves today. Verse number 15, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, and Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. This I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then, number 19, And I will give unto thee the keys, keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. You know, one of my coworkers several years ago used to play this game that whenever we didn't get our way, we would always say, do you know who I am? I'm am, I'm Anthony King, you don't get to tell me no. And it was just kind of a funny joke that we had uh, running. And every time we didn't get our way or somebody says, you can't do that or you can't go there, or, that's off limits. It always be, Do you know who I am? It was really funny until one Sunday night that at the church that we were at, uh, uh, they were having a meeting in the auditorium and no one was allowed in the auditorium. And my kids went and they uh, grabbed the door handle and tried to go in and somebody stopped them and had gave them a pretty stern talking to, and things like that. And they came up to me afterwards. The guy was trying to hold, uh, hold his composure and he said, uh, Mr. King, I just want to let you know that I told your kids that they couldn't go in there. I go, yeah, that's fine. And he goes, no, they told me, do you know who my dad is? Yeah. They didn't really say that, did they? Oh, yeah, they did. My dad's Anthony King. I can go wherever I want to. And I, I was mortified because my kids thought I was somebody, right? Uh, when he took them home, and had to explain to them, Dad's not really somebody. He just pretends like he's somebody, right? And so, uh, but that was funny to them. And every now and then, you know, we might be out in public and stuff like that. We were at uh, at the Monkey Pod uh, kitchen in uh colina a couple of weeks ago and people were coming by this person at a table and they were taking photos of them and uh, having them sign stuff stuff like that i look back and i don't know this person uh, from anybody else didn't look like anybody famous to me And come to find out it was some person who played in a supporting cast on a canceled disney channel show and everybody was swarming around him to take selfies and get their stuff. And I'm just, I'm, so uh, then you do what you do at, in this day and age. You pull out your phone and you go into IMDb and you begin to look up that show and all the people that are on the cast. And you look at the picture and the person and stuff like that. It's just like, ah, oh, I don't really see it that much, right? Sometimes you'll run into somebody and you'll say, oh, you, that, that guy was on American Idol. You know, he was, made it to the semifinal round in the 14th season of American Idol. That means nothing whatsoever to me, Right? But people have an identity. All of us have an identity. All of us have a way that that we're known or that we want to be known. Jesus also has an identity. He has a way in which he is known and a way in which he wants to be known. And that's super duper important to you and I. And Jesus asked this question to his disciples. And I'm asking this question to you today. Who do you say that Jesus is? That's the question today. Who is Jesus? scripture this morning, we see verse number 13. First of all, Jesus cares what people think about him. Verse number 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, whom do men say, I the son of man am? And Jesus doesn't care what people think about him. Like you and I would be insecure and wonder what people think about us. And uh, do, do people talk nicely about me behind my back? Jesus isn't concerned with it in an insecure way. Jesus wants to know what you think of him because it determines everything for the rest of your life and everything for the rest of your eternity, what you think of Jesus and who you think he is. You see, our words and our thoughts are a window to our heart. What you say about Jesus and who he is to you will determine what's going on in your heart this morning. If Jesus another guy, Jesus is just a a fairy tale figure, if Jesus is just a historical figure, if Jesus was just a good teacher, that indicates what's taking place in your heart and what you think about Jesus, and that will determine everything for you. What you think about Jesus will determine what happens for you for the rest of your life. What you believe about Jesus will determine what happens to you after you die and spend eternity somewhere. What you think of Jesus will determine that. And that's why this question is so important. The interesting thing is that Jesus already knows the answer to the question. Did you know that Jesus knows your heart? You see, Jesus, when he asked the apostles this, he already knew the answer that he was gonna get. You see, Jesus doesn't ask because he doesn't know. He asks to reveal it to us. You think about Jesus, that, that should reveal to you something about what you think about the Bible, what you think about God, What do you think about what happens after this life and you go into eternity? Because your days on this earth are numbered. Mine are numbered. We're gonna die one day. As much as we try to cheat death and try to live longer, the average life expectancy for a U.S. male is about 76 years of, of age. I turned 41 this year. That means I'm over half dead at this point, right? But here's the thing about it. I don't know. I might fall dead before next Sunday. None of us have a promise of tomorrow. All of us will die at some point. What happens then? How do we know where we'll spend eternity? The Bible tells us there's two places. There's heaven and there's hell. And here's the the awesome part about it. What you think about Jesus determines whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell. You see, uh, our human reasoning tries to think, if I'm a good person, good people go to heaven. Bad people go to hell. And that just couldn't be further from the truth. The Bible says it's not about good versus bad. It's not about how much good you can do versus how much bad this person does. Your eternal destination, heaven or hell, is dependent upon one thing. What do you do with Jesus? It's it. And Jesus asked his apostles this question because it's the most important question he could ask. Here's the fact of the matter. I'm going to lay it out for you in black and white this morning God rules in his Bible you and i break his rules every time we get the opportunity because that's who we are we're rebels we're rule breakers we do things our own way we don't need to tell us what to do and we've been that way since we were a small child and the bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of god every single person in this room without fail has sinned against the holy god and have broken god's rules we're liars we're thieves we, we uh, have sexually immoral thoughts. Some people have sexually immoral actions. We try to get ahead. we're selfish. We put other people down to build ourselves up. We use language that, that dishonors God. We break God's law every time we get the opportunity does to be known as sinners. We've broken God's law. We're sinners. There's a consequence for that sin. Just like you get a parking ticket and you have to pay the fine, there's a consequence for your sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. Because of your sin, you will die physically one day, but after that, you will die spiritually one day. The Bible says that in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, that at the end of days, God will open up a book, and everyone whose name is not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire, which burns forever. Forever. And if your name is not in that book, you will go to hell and be separated from God. And let me just tell you this, by default, no one's name is written in that book. It's it's an empty book. You got to make your reservation. So how do we do that? Do we try to just do better? Maybe if we go to church every Sunday, we would get to heaven. Let me just tell you this, religious stuff will not save you. Hey, we have about five different gatherings where we gather together and worship Jesus and study the Bible and pray throughout the week at Hui Kala. You could come to all five of those for the next 52 weeks and you would never go to heaven. You can't do religious stuff to cover up the wrong that you've done. You must have your sin forgiven. But here's the fact of the matter. I can't forgive your sin. This church can't forgive your sin. Being baptized will not forgive your sin. Doing religious stuff will not forgive your sin. There's only one person that can forgive sin, and that's God himself. But because God is a just God, because God is a holy God, he requires a payment. He can't just dismiss what you've done. I went to to court one time, I had a speeding ticket. And the uh, job, went before the judge. I told the judge I was super sorry. I didn't see the signs. I'm a really good person and all this other stuff. And you know what the judge did? He says, I'm going to dismiss your charge. Dismissed. Like, I'm good to go. He said, just see the clerk on your way out and pay for the court costs. I said, great. I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I went to pay my court costs, and my court costs were $475. And I was not happy with the judge at that point. The idea was i'm going to dismiss what you've done but you still have to pay for what you've done jesus will dismiss your sins but somebody still has to pay and here's the good news someone has paid for you and his name is jesus jesus came he lived a perfectly sinless life He'd never sinned one single solitary time because he was God and because he wanted to pay for your sins. You see, I can't pay for your sins because I've got my own sin that I have to pay for. I can't do anything for you because I need somebody to do something for me. And Jesus came and needed no one to pay anything for him because he was without sin. He kept God's law perfectly. He never broke one of God's commandments. And he died on the cross to pay for my sin and pay for yours so that we don't have to to go to hell, so that we can be forgiven of our sin. And friend, let me tell you today, Jesus is the only way to heaven, that's it. It's a one-way road, no other uh, ways, no other paths. People might say, well, all paths lead to the same place. Jesus would disagree with that. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse number six, I am the way, the truth, the life. Here's what he says, no man comes to the Father but by me that's exclusive. Jesus says I'm the only way to heaven. So, the question is, what do you think about Jesus? You think that was a good story? Do you think he was uh, maybe uh, maybe wrong? Do you think maybe uh, uh, he got his facts mis- mixed up a little bit? Or do you believe he's telling the truth? That will determine where you spend eternity. For me, when I was a 9-year-old boy, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my savior. I realized I'm a sinner. I've broken God's law. I'm going to go to hell if I die. I need someone to pay for my sins and I'm gonna ask Jesus to pay. And Jesus paid for my sins as as a little boy. Now, have I messed up since I was nine years old? I think I probably messed up since nine o'clock last night. But it's not a matter of living a perfect life from here on out. It's a matter of living a forgiven life. My sin has been dealt with and paid for past, present, and future. It's not a matter of I have to, to live this way for the rest of my life. I'm gonna get zapped and go to hell. No, 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 I'm a child of God now. I'm adopted into his family. I'm his. And if you're here today and you don't know for sure that heaven's your home, you're not 100% sure that when you die that you would go to heaven. Please don't leave here until you get that sorted out. Please don't leave until you know that your sins are forgiven. Every wrong that you've ever done is no longer on your head. You're no longer guilty of it, but now it's been paid for by Jesus himself. But that comes back to what do you think about Jesus? You see, opinions on Jesus will always vary. If you ask 10 different people what Jesus is, you'll get, probably get 10 different answers. Opinions always vary. You ask somebody, what's the, the best Chinese restaurant in town? You're gonna get a differing opinions. You ask people, what's the best place to get a slice of pizza? Differing opinions. You ask somebody for the best Mexican on Oahu. If you find it, please let me know. I haven't found it yet. You're gonna get different, differing opinions. Why? Because people are just different. And if you ask everybody what they think about Jesus, you're gonna get different opinions. But we're not interested in opinions today. We're interested in truth. I wanna know what's true. And let me tell you this. The Bible is always true, 100% of the time. When I disagree with the Bible, I need to realize I'm wrong. When the Bible says something I don't like, I need to, to realize the Bible is right. And so it's not a matter of what you think about Jesus what I think about Jesus. What does the Bible say about Jesus? And do you believe that? I had the opportunity to uh, talk about faith with a man uh, from India uh, probably about 10 years or so ago. His name was Vinod, V-I-N-O-D. is the coolest name. I've never heard it before or since. Vinod. I had to sit down with Vinod. I talked with him uh, about my faith, and I began sharing with him, and, he came from a Hindu background, and he said, I believe that Jesus was a prophet. Uh, I believe that Jesus was a good teacher. And I said, that's good. And he said, I really, really love the teachings of Jesus. And he, he even asked me, he said, have you ever read the Sermon on the Mount before? And I was like, I have. And he was just like, I read that, and he said, it blew my mind. Someone who was so selfless, who was always thinking about others, and he said, I really like that teaching that he did. And I said, have you read any of his other teachings? He said, I have, I've read through all the gospels. And so here was a guy uh, who had read through the the writings and teachings of Jesus himself. And I said, so at the end of the day, you believe that Jesus was just a good teacher? And he goes, I do. And I said, okay. I said, do you believe the rest of the Bible? And he says, I believe parts of the Bible. I believe it's corrupt. I believe that men uh, over the years have written a book to control us and things like that. And I said, I believe, Bible believing Christians believe that this book is from God himself and it tells us how to live our lives. And he says, that makes sense. And I asked him, I said, so what do you go back to for truth? And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, we would agree that killing someone's wrong, right? And he said, right. And I said, well, where do you get that from? And he goes, well, everybody knows that, right? Not really, because there's people who kill people and don't feel bad about it, right? And he goes, yeah, I guess so. Well, where do you get that from? He said, I guess it's just something inside of you, okay? I said, uh, cheating on your wife, right or wrong? He goes, well, everybody knows that's wrong. Do they? Are there people that do it and don't feel bad about it? He goes, yeah. I said, well, then not everybody knows that it's wrong, right? Not everybody thinks that it's wrong. He said, okay. And I said, how about taking something that doesn't belong to you? I said, is that right or wrong? He goes, that's definitely wrong. I said, are there people that think it's right? And he goes, yeah. Well, then who's right? And I said, what we have to do is we have to come back to a a book somewhere that says this is right, this is wrong, and it's not up for discussion. And he goes, I guess so. And I said, what is your place that you come back to? And he says, I don't really have one. And I said, for us as Christians, it's the Bible. It's everything to us. That's why I said everyone should own a Bible. Everyone should read the Bible. Everyone should obey the Bible. Because for us, this is our guidebook. This is everything to us. And His opinion on Jesus was that Jesus was a good teacher. He said some really good things, but he was not the son of God, and he's definitely not the savior of the world. And so his view on Jesus kind of colored his view of everything else in life as well. You see, Peter recognized Jesus as the Christ. The word Christ means Messiah. The word Messiah means the anointed one or the chosen one. And if we were to take a look at the New Testament, the New Testament, I'm sorry, the Old Testament was written before Jesus came to earth. It contains a lot of prophecy that would would foretell of a coming Messiah who would come and he would die. Uh, The Bible even tells us in in the book of Psalms how he would die. Uh, The book of Isaiah tells of the, the beatings that he would take as a result of that, prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus ever came to this earth of how he would die for the sins of mankind. And so Peter says, You're the guy that the Old Testament was talking about. You are the Christ. (laughs) When I was a kid, I used to think that uh, Jesus was his name, which it is. But I thought that, like, Lord was his first name, and Christ was his last name. And it was like, Lord Jesus Christ. Like, (laughs) Mary and Joseph Christ was their last name, right? Uh, Like, my last name is King. Uh, And so I found out a little bit later that that's not how it works. The word Lord is a title that we give him. Say that he is the boss. He's the master. The word Lord literally means master. Whatever you say goes, you're in charge. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is his name. Uh, His name literally means Yahweh or Jehovah God saves. So the name of Jesus itself literally means God saves. And the title of Christ means that he was the anointed one, the chosen one, the only one that could set us free from our sins. And so when Peter says, you are the Christ, he says, you are the person we've been waiting for. You are the only one that can save us from our sins. And so Peter saw Jesus as the Christ. That's really important. We see also that Peter also recognized Jesus as the son of God. Jesus being the son of God is a really, really big deal. You see, it's not that big of a deal the way that we uh, think of in our society today. Like if you were to say, you know, uh, my son Thatcher, or my son Vanderlei are the son of Anthony. That's not really that big of a deal. But in Hebrew culture, which Jesus was a Jew, it was a really big deal because the son could act in place of the father. You kind of think of it in our terms that we use like power of attorney, that, that Jesus could stand in place of his father and make decisions on his behalf. So to be the son of God was claiming in essence to be God because the son could enter into contractual obligations The son could uh, go to the bank and clear out his dad's bank account if he wanted to because he was standing in place of the father. And so when Jesus said that he was the son of God, that was a big deal because he was saying, I am God on this earth. And that was huge. And the the Jews even took up stones to stone Jesus when he said he was the son of God. They're like, "Uh uh-uh, not on my watch. That's blasphemy. And it would be for you and I to say that we are God, that would be a blasphemous statement, but not for Jesus because he was that. And Peter says, Jesus says, who do you think I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, you're the one, and you are the son of God. You're God in the flesh. You're the one that can save us from our sins and you are God in the flesh. And for you and I, the most important question we will ever answer is this, who is Jesus to you? Who is he? Is he just a good teacher? Did he have some good thoughts? Is the Bible just a made-up book of fairy tales, or is it the word of God? Your view on that will determine the rest of your life here on this earth, and the rest of your eternity, whether, wherever you spend it, whether it be heaven or hell, is determined by the question, who is Jesus? So that's the important question that we have to answer today who Jesus is to you will be reflected by how you live. Who Jesus is to you determines the way that you talk, the way that you treat other people, the types of things that you try to avoid or the types of things that you're involved with. That will be determined by who I believe Jesus is. If I believe that Jesus is the son of God who loves me and died for my sins, my life will be a little bit different than it was before I met Jesus. If I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and died for my sins, I'm probably not going to be involved in the things that disappoint Jesus. I'm going to desire to live by this book that he's given me. I'm going to desire to know more about this Jesus that saved me. If Jesus is my Savior, if Jesus is the one that has forgiven me of my sins, I want to know more about him. I want to get to know him. I want to spend time with him. I want to hear from him. I want to live my life in a way that makes him happy, that pleases him, that honors him. You see, it'll be different based on who Jesus is to me. You see, if if Jesus was simply a good teacher, we still need a savior. You see, if it was just a matter of he said some really good stuff to live by, he just gave some good teachings the way that maybe a, a mother... Maybe a Gandhi would have given, you know, just some good thoughts of a good teacher. We still need a Savior. If he just gave us good words to live by, you and I still have sin that we are guilty for, that must be paid for. And if he's just a good teacher, I still need someone to help me with my sin. I've messed up. Not one time, not twice, not dozens of times, but hundreds of times I have done things that I'm not proud of, that I can't get rid of, and if Jesus is just a good teacher, I need somebody to help me with this weight that is crushing me of my own sin. If he's just a good teacher. You see, if Jesus was only a prophet, sent from God, maybe to send some words to uh, some people that would be written down and carried out for all of eternity. I still need a Savior. Good words from God cannot save me from my sin. Doing good things cannot save me from my sin. I still need someone who will deliver me from my sin. You see, if Jesus was just a martyr, if Jesus was someone who just died for their faith, we still need a Savior. Hey, look, People die for what they believe in every day, and sometimes it doesn't mean a whole lot. I read a story uh, last year about a man who was standing on a a pier, uh, uh, I'm sorry, standing on a bridge, and his hat blew off, and he went to get his hat. He fell over the railing, and he died for a hat. There's a similar news article. A a a young teenager had lost his hat on a, a roller coaster and had fallen in a place that was fenced off and then went to go get his hat. Coaster came by, hit him in the head, decapitated him for a baseball cap. The fact that people would die for things that you and I would consider insignificant or unimportant, it isn't, it isn't unique to Jesus himself. You know that Jesus isn't the only martyr in history? People have died for what they believe in. But Jesus, if he was just an, another martyr, just somebody who died for what he believed in, we still need a Savior. What do we do with our sin? How do we fix it? Do we just try better? I don't know about you, but I've tried that before and it doesn't work. Do we just need to do better? I've tried that. It doesn't work. I have tried to fix myself time and time again and I I have failed 100% of the time. 100% of the time that I've tried to fix myself, I have failed. You know why? Because I can't do it myself. I need a savior. And friend, many times we believe that we are our own Savior. I've been through a lot in life. You know, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. I am where I am today because I've just knuckled up and dug in and got hard work and got it done. I am my own Savior. You're not your own Savior. You have your limits. And at some point, your knuckle up and get it done is going to run out. Your strength, your self-restraint will run out. And you will find yourself in need of someone to save you because you can't save yourself. I'm going to help you out with something too. This church and no other church in the world can save you. Churches aren't saviors. Again, you could attend here every single time the doors are open. You can do really religious stuff. You can pray. Uh, You can uh, give money to the church. You can do good deeds. You can volunteer at soup kitchens. That will not save you because you are not your own savior. Good works are not savior you need someone to save you and the only person that can do that is jesus but since jesus is our savior he's the only way to heaven the only way (laughs) grab your bibles turn to john chapter 14 verse number six i want you to see this i've quoted it early but i want you to see it black and white with your own eyeballs John 14, six is a verse you should circle, you should star, you should underline. If you're using an app on your phone or your tablet, you should highlight this in whatever app you're using. John chapter 14, verse number six is critical. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let me say that again. I am the way, not a way, not one of the ways. I am the truth, not one way to the truth or the truths plural, and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You cannot get to heaven without Jesus, period, end of story. Not through Jesus plus this church. Not Jesus plus your baptism. Not Jesus plus trying to be a really good dude. No, it's just Jesus. He's the only way. And because he is our savior, he's the only way to heaven. And let me just tell you this, if you're trusting in any other way to get you to heaven, you will not find it. You say, well, pastor, that's a pretty narrow-minded statement to make. I didn't make it, Jesus did. And what you think of Jesus will determine what you think of that statement. If you think Jesus was just a good teacher, you probably think he's wrong by saying this. If you believe that he is truly God, it should cause your ears to perk up and go, whoa. This is the only way to heaven is through Jesus himself. You see, since Jesus is a good teacher, he was a good teacher, no doubt about that. He was also the son of God. But since he's a good teacher, we need to follow what he said. If you're new to the Bible and you read through the New Testament, most, uh, most Bibles and a lot of the Bible apps that you'll find have the words of Christ in red uh, in, the, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Anything you see in, in red text was said by Jesus himself. And let me just tell you this, the Bible from cover to cover is the word of God and you can trust it all and it's all there for a good reason. But hey, if you just wanted to read the words in red in the New Testament, you'd be golden. You know why? Because Jesus was the best teacher to ever live. There's so much wisdom found in God's word that you and I will never uncover it for the rest of our lives. We gather together every week and we talk for 45 minutes to an hour on two or three verses because there's so much rich, deep wisdom found in God's word. We'll never exhaust it. We could gather together seven days a week from now until the end of our days and we'll never exhaust the wisdom found in God's word. So if Jesus was a good teacher, which he was, we need to follow what he said. That was the question I had for uh, the man of note. I said, if you think that Jesus is a good teacher and the things that he says are good, are you following his teachings? And he said, no, not really. Well, if he's such a good teacher, then follow him. But you see, since Jesus was a prophet, He spoke on behalf of God himself. Jesus was God in the flesh. And it's difficult for you and I to think of of God being a man and being able to sit in a room like this with us and talk with us. That's exactly who Jesus was. People have said before, well, I would believe in God if he would show himself to me. He already did. He came to this earth. He was crucified for, for what he did. God came and was a man. That's why we celebrate Christmas. God became a man in the form of a baby. He grew up and became a man, lived a perfectly sinless life, died on the cross to pay for my sin and pay for yours. And so since he was sent from God, we need to heed what he says. Final thought this morning, since Jesus died for us, we need to live for him. I don't think there's probably anybody in this room that will ever be asked to die for your faith come to the, uh, the point in my life at some point where I asked myself the question, if someone were to put a gun to my head and ask me, ask me if I was a Christian, what would I say? And I had to come to the, the point in my life, in my faith, where I said, I'd just say I was. Because you know what? You pull the trigger, I get to go to heaven, and it's not such a bad thing after all, right? <laughs> the worst thing you can do in my life, that's not bad at all. You know why? Because I know where I'm going when I die but most of us aren't gonna have a gun to our head and ask us if we are a Christian or not. But you know what? You will wake up tomorrow morning and have to make decisions whether you're gonna live like a Christian or not. You're gonna have to make decisions this week. Will you obey God's commandments or will you disobey them? Will you go God's way or will you go your own way? You gotta make that decision for yourself this week. And I'm telling you this, the best life you can find is walking with Jesus, bar none. And I can tell you this because I've tried it both ways. The best life you will ever find is walking with Jesus. It will do wonders for your marriage. It will do wonders for your dating relationships. It will do wonders for your friendships. It will help you out at work with your coworkers. It will help you in every aspect of your life, walking with Jesus and following what he said to do. It's where you find joy. Joy. Joy is different from happiness. Happiness comes when you buy something new or when you have a really good meal. Man, yeah, I, I, a couple of weeks ago I had a, a nice steak and a big, huge, massive baked potato. I'm not talking about the little skinny ones, I'm talking about the ones you get at Costco that are like massive baked potato, right? I had dessert. I had uh, some chocolate cake that was just absolutely, I think it was probably sinful to eat it, but it was good anyways, right? It was so good. But you know what the crazy thing was about that meal after that steak and baked potato and a big dessert? Probably three or four hours later, you know where I found myself? Opening up the fridge, looking inside. What else is there, right? Why? Because it doesn't last. It was great for a minute, but it didn't last. If you ever bought a new car or, or something, and man, you were so proud of that, and you're like, I want to park it on the far end of the parking lot so nobody opens up their door against it. You look at different parking spots. You're like, that one's too narrow. That guy's too close to the line. I don't want him to ding my car. Like you're washing it every week. Kids aren't allowed to eat in it. You know, you don't go through the drive through in it. You go inside and eat right? Because it's new. It's nice. You don't want to mess it up. And you feel like a boss driving it down the road. You're just like, yeah. But what happens like six months in? You got french fries stuck under the seat. You got grease all over the steering wheel. You haven't washed it in three weeks. You got Door dings and cart dings all down the side of it. It's just like, ah. What happened? It doesn't last. It doesn't fulfill Oftentimes I find this in uh, dating couples and especially married couples. They, when they, they first get married, they're so excited and things are so good. And then six weeks in, they realize we've got problems. Hey, pastor, I think I married a sinner. <laughs> you did. And your spouse married a sinner. How long did it take you to figure that one out? And guess what? The newness wears off and now comes a lot of hard work ahead. What happens? Happiness doesn't last forever. It has an expiration date. Joy lasts forever. That's why people that are walking with Jesus can get cancer and it doesn't really phase them. They're just like, ah, yeah, that's fine. Worst things have happened to, to better people. Okay. That's why people can go through their job, lose their jobs, and still have happiness and peace. Why? Because they have joy. That's why people you see go through some of the diffi- most difficult things in life can still have joy as a result of it. Why? Because joy has no expiration date. It's not dictated by our circumstances. You know why? Because joy comes from Jesus. Josh McDowell said about Jesus Christ, he was either a liar, he lied to everybody and told people that he was the son of God and that he was sent from God and that he would die for the sins of the world and he would raise again the third day. If, If none of that is true, then he's a liar. Don't call him a good man because he's a liar and he has deceived the entire world for 2,000-plus years. Don't call him a good man because he's a liar if, if what you say is true. Or secondly, he's like everybody else who's claimed to be the Son of God. He's a lunatic. He's crazy. I've had people before. Uh, this happened, no lie, probably six weeks ago. There's a lady who came in to at the end of one of our services on a Sunday night. Uh, she was obviously not there. And I talked to her after the service. I said, hey, tell me your name. She said, I'm God. Okay, tell me what your name really is. She said, I am the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am God. I said, okay, tell me what your name is. And she said, I'm the person that wrote the Bible. Okay, tell me what your name is. And she said, I already told you. I said, I'm getting ready to call the cops if you don't tell me what your name is. She goes, I'm Rachel. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. Thanks for coming tonight. I'm going to have to ask if there's nothing here that you need, if you're just going to move on. Why? She, she was a lunatic. She was crazy. She claimed to be God herself. And we look at someone like that and go, it's not all there, right? So if Jesus claimed to be the son of God, born of a virgin, could die for the sins of the world and raise again the third day of his own power, and that's not true, the dude was crazy out of his gourd. So why would we esteem this guy and call him a good teacher? Why would you say, oh, he's a prophet? No, 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 he's a liar and a lunatic if what you say is, not, is true and he wasn't the son of God. So if Jesus wasn't a liar and if he wasn't a lunatic, then he must be the Lord. Those are the only three options that we have. Liar, lunatic, Lord. Simple as that. And the question I ask you today, who's Jesus to you? Good teacher, historical figure, or is he the only Savior we can have? Is he the Son of God? Is he the only hope that you have for heaven? I tell you today, for me, Jesus Christ is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my best friend and he loves me. That's who Jesus is to me. He's the only hope that I have for this life and the next. I promise you that. That's who Jesus is to me. And that's what Jesus is asking you today. Who do people say that I am? Some people say you're John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is today? Most important question you'll ever answer, ever. Ever. If you're here today and there's been a time in your life where you've accepted Christ as Savior, you say, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm a child of God already. Let me ask you this question. Does your life show it? You know, Jesus, in in verse number 20 uh, that we took a look at this morning, he said, don't tell anybody that I'm the Christ. What you've heard here, don't tell it to anybody. And people say, well, is Jesus trying to keep it under wraps? No, he was trying to get them to live a life that showed that he was the Christ. Not just tell people, oh, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. No, no, show people with your life. Show it by the way that you live this week if you call yourself a child of God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that my sins are forgiven. I'm not 100% sure if I died that heaven is my home. Let me just tell you this, Jesus is the only way. He's it. And if he's just a good teacher to you, you'll be sorely disappointed when this life ends because you'll be separated from the loving care of God for all of eternity. And let me just tell you this, regardless of what anybody ever tells you, there's no second chances when it comes to heaven and hell. If you're taking notes, you can write Luke 16 out to the side in your your notes here this morning. There's no second chances when it comes to hell. You go to hell, you're done. There's no purgatory. There's no being cleansed of your sins and then making it to heaven. Hell is a a done deal. You can't go from one side to the other. Luke chapter 16, it says. It's a story that Jesus himself told. So don't take a chance on that. Have faith today. You say, Pastor, I don't really understand everything, I don't know everything. That's why we call it faith. If you knew everything, you wouldn't need faith. You'd have it all figured out. If if God walked in the front door here and said, Hey everybody, I'm here. Ask me any questions that you want to, you wouldn't need faith because you could see it with your own eyeballs. But it requires faith for us to trust in something that we don't fully understand, that we can't fully grasp. But being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus is a life of faith. I need it and you do too. If you're here today and you don't know for sure that heaven's your home, I'd like for you to have the opportunity today to put your faith in Jesus before you leave and to know for sure that your sins are forgiven. But for those of us who say, I know who Jesus is. He's my Lord and Savior. He's the only hope that I have. I want to challenge you this week to live like it, to point other people to Jesus, not by just your words, but by the way that we live our lives and we can show people who Jesus is.